with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another outstanding edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, the macabre, New England's own Van Helsing. And with me, all the way across the pond, God save us, is the gold standard in ghost hunting Mr. Steve Parsons. Good afternoon. Hopefully we'll make it through the show. Yeah, I understand you've been having some uh, paranormal nature. There. Yeah, the whole, the whole of the UK's internet broadband network crashed. Really? Not just, not just bits, the whole thing. Ah, good. Yeah, you see. That's so special. Uh, so anyways, do you uh, well, have... Thank you for your concern. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Anyway. um, Yeah. Anyway. So we we went on a little trip, uh, Ann and I, on Sunday. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because what I wanted to know is why haven't we got wingback chairs? Uh, I have one. You see, Ghost Chronicles... I'm Ghost sitting Chronicles. there now. What are you talking? Next it's generation you gets, don't have one. Next generation gets all the good stuff. That's because it has twice the listenership that the international has, does. It has its own dressing-up box. Yeah. It, it has, has its twice, own green twice screen. The, twice the, uh, yeah, twice the listenership. Most, I'm well, sorry. Let's be honest. It, it is on a you more know, you got to put the money where the money is, you know. Yeah, but it's on a more sensible time of the day, isn't it? No, not really. Yes, it is. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so we have... Anyway, yeah. We want... Let's... Four listeners. Have we got that many tonight? Let's have a... Yeah, I I think we should start a a, a campaign and a petition to get Ghost Chronicles International wingback chairs and a dressing-up box. I don't think so. Why? At least, at least we Brits now have to put our moustaches on the right way round. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, uh, so anyways, I did. Uh, uh, we went on this, yeah, uh, mission to pick up the wing back cheers for Ghost Chronicles International, and we stopped at the Precious Blood Cemetery, and there, buried in the cemetery, was America's only stigmata. I, it's when you said the name of the cemetery, I knew you were going to bring up the stigmatic, the American yes. stigmatic. Yeah, yes. only one. Rose-Marie yes. Ferrand. It's an interesting story if you look, you know, you really look into it. Uh, it's so much more than just, you know, uh, just the stigmata aspect or this, 
you know, quite a bit. I think, I think religious miracles, stigmatics and religious miracles are one of the things that, I mean, we don't t- cover very often on the show, and it's certainly, you know, I always say I'm just a ghost hunter. Um, but, you know... <laughs> I, I, you often hear me mentioning the bookshelf, uh, but there's a good proportion of the bookshelf. There's about 40 books dedicated to religious miracles and apparitions, including really? stigmatics. It's something that I find very fascinating. Um, I do too. Uh, before I get to that, I, I, we are, Spirit Quest this year deals with uh, angels and demons, so we will look at a little bit of the religious aspect of ghost hunting uh, this fall at... Uh, uh, spirit quest so that's kind of cool so anyways yeah I, I find it fascinating now we talked a little bit about in the morning edition show um in on uh, eagle radio and lou brought up the point that you know he believes you know that it's kind of psychosomatic that those are created by our mind and what's your thoughts on that steve or losing title to his beliefs, and you know, the power of the human mind over the body is in, is incredible. You know, as a nurse, I've witnessed many, many strange and bizarre things where the, where it's clearly the influence of the mind on the body. People, you know, I, I can't go into detail, obviously, for patient confidence. Oh, hang on a second, uh, Lisa. Sounds like uh, Pararexes can't hear the show. So, can you check the connections on that? Thank you very much. Moving right along. Go ahead. I, um, you know, I've, I can't go into, into great detail because of patient confidentiality, but I've witnessed an, an event where there was a, a man who was diagnosed with a, a non-terminal form of cancer who, when it, uh, within, within a week, he was, he was dead. Uh, this wasn't a medical error. In fact, the doctor actually said that um, the only thing he could legitimately put but wasn't allowed to put on the, the death certificate was that the man willed himself to death. He just gave up living. I've seen people make seemingly, you know, uh, miraculous comebacks from, from severe injuries uh, just through the power of the mind. So I've no doubt that, you know, that the ability of the mind to influence the physical body exists, no doubt whatsoever. But stigmatics, are, you know, and, and other religious miracles... I think yeah, I think you've got to stay open-minded, haven't you? I mean, the Catholic Church takes it very seriously, and when I mean seriously, you think that you and I are skeptical. You think that you know some of these people that we've had on the show are cynical, but uh, when you look at the the depth to which the Catholic Commission for um, Saints and Martyrs goes into when it's examining cases for for sainthood, for miracles, for stigma, stigmatics. They they make you and I look like gullible believers. I mean, they really do not want to award this, these statuses um, uh, at all, and yet they do, um, and they go to a great degree to uh, test the claims. Really, yeah, that's the interesting thing about it, and and uh, you know, somebody uh, like Lou's idea is oh, well, the power of the body, but the only thing is. You know, it's a theory, just like the the belief in the religion. It's it's a theory that God exists and all this happens because of God, but neither one of them has proof. Uh, well, let let's start off with a correction of the use of the overuse of the word theory, because a theory is only a theory when it becomes an idea that can be tested. Otherwise, it's simply an idea. And well, tested, but 
them. Well, you can't test them for the presence of God, so you can't have a theory that there's... Yes, they have. They've actually proved uh, a little bit theory on theoretical uh, physics that uh, God does exist, but that's... Have they? Yeah. Anyway, back to stigmatics. I have no doubt that the human mind can control, can strongly influence its physical body. Uh, mm-hmm. No doubt whatsoever. I've seen people, you know, it, during, as I said, with, in nursing, uh, who have uh, demonstrated that ability. However, I don't think the Catholic Church are patsies either, and I don't think that they're just, you know, gullible. And I think that if they have, uh, if if their general uh, corporate belief is that. Uh, there is such a thing as stigmatics, religious stigmatics, miraculous stigmatics, then I think we ought to at least pay lip service and acknowledge the the possibility that that, that, that happens. Yeah. And it's, it's fascinating. You know, it, it is an incredible idea that what it, what's also unusual about stigmatics is um, that stigmatics never demonstrate the stigmata in the parts of the body uh, they they're always specifically eyes, hands, or feet, um, but that's not how you would crucify somebody. The Romans would never crucify anybody through their hand or foot because basically they'd fall off. Um, you know, the bones are just and the, the tissues are not strong enough, and the person would just drop off the cross and mm-hmm. land as a, in a heap on the floor. So they were they were nailed through the wrist um, or um, and through the ankle, mm-hmm. and so and so stigmat- stigmatics seem to have ignored that part of it so maybe there is a psychosomatic element to it because you know the the general idea of where stigmata appear is the traditional way is in the hands and feet and so perhaps there is a human element to it yeah in the case of maria rose ferrin she she uh uh she had all five of the wounds uh including the uh the uh the crown as well yeah so. But I mean, there is a conundrum, you know. Is 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 the you know how much of the person is influencing the stigmata? Because the stigmata are appearing in the tra- in the traditional place, um, you know, as portrayed in 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 art and in literature, but not in the actual place where Christ would have been uh, nailed to the cross. And the interesting thing about it too, Steve, is that in order to become a stigmata, you have to accept it. Um, you do. We've we, uh, actually we've uh, investigated. Anne and I investigated a stigmatic. Mm-hmm. Um, some you may have heard of talk about Saint Teresa, Saint Teresa Higginson, or Teresa. Yes, Higgins. I remember that story quite well. Um, she was a stigmatic, um, and like some other stigmatics, was also uh, had the ability to bilocate, which is something you know. Uh, as Father, Father Pio did, did our father as Padre Pio did yeah. exactly. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that I don't think we understand, which is why we do this. This you know, exactly. why we have the interest, I guess. You know, there is. I get really wound up by skeptics who who dismiss everything out of hand. They you know um, they just throw it out, don't they? They chuck the baby out with the bathwater. You know, it's it, speaking it, about it exists. Yeah, it's speaking about that. I, I do want to 
approach something uh, we, we mentioned a last week's show, and that was regard was it last week's show or the week before? You know, last week's show. No, you haven't told me what it was yet. Uh, it's it's in regards to uh, throwing out eyewitness testimony. Oh, uh, we did. We discussed it briefly last week, didn't we? Uh, yeah, because it's not scientific, but unfortunately, one of the the most important things of uh, scientific uh, study is observation. It is, and the only thing you know, we've said many, many times, the only thing we actually have to go on when it comes to dealing with the paranormal, and you, know, you take like monster sightings and Bigfoot and Nessie and UFOs, you only have uh, when the investigator rolls up. The only thing you've got is the witness testimony. I saw, I had this experience, this happened to me. The investigator wasn't there. The investigator will always play catch-up. And if you ignore the testimony and dismiss it out of hand and say it's unreliable and not valid, then you shouldn't even be bothering to talk to the witness. So what's there is, what is there to investigate? So exactly. There's no point in even doing no, it If there all. are no witnesses, then how do you know a paranormal activity occurs? You know, it's the old thing. It's a haunted house, yep. haunted yep. if there are no humans involved. Yeah, it's it's a complete waste of your life to do anything to to even get involved if your belief is that the witness testimony counts for nothing. Oh, I might have lost Steve on this one. No, you haven't. I'm oh, still here. You just dropped off. Um, yeah, anyway, anyways, here. so we're gonna do uh, this show uh, also on the the news. So uh, I, I thought we'd bring up a couple of the articles. And one of the first ones talking about observation was uh, from the UK. A lot of this weird stuff comes from the UK for some reason. Yeah, it's the time of the year. Mm. Uh, there was a gentleman who was fined 4,000 quid for uh, pretending to be a ghost in a cemetery. So, uh, you know, that's pretty sad, actually. <laughs> he actually... There was a funeral this... going on. He went up to the guys and uh, went, woo, and waved his hands around. Uh, £4,000 seems an extortionate amount, but it's exactly the same amount that was uh, fined to a group of young men who had, br- who had got themselves into a an ancient church building that was uh, listed as a, an ancient monument, did some criminal damage to the structure, um, and claimed in their defence that they were there ghost hunting while smoking pot. And uh, is that standard issue for a ghost hunter smoking pot? Uh, well, you know there have been studies done by, funnily enough, uh, ghost hunters and parapsychologists where the consumption of alcohol and/or hallucinogenics has been considered as part of. Does it induce a paranormal experience or allow the the uh, investigator to connect with the with the spirit realm in some way? Hmm. So the in- interesting uh, thing about spirit that, quest twenty seventeen. Yeah, will be a high yeah. on magic mushrooms. Canopy, there you go. So, anyways, uh, the the interesting thing is that how would you? Uh, credit those witnesses that if they were high on uh, marijuana or, or alcohol would they uh, carry the same credence as someone they, who they would certainly carry a, 
well, I think they would certainly carry... Well, forget police officers. They're no more reliable than anybody else, ultimately. They're still a human being, but... Yeah, but they're you, trained in observation as well. They're not trained in observation. I mean, oh, yes, they are. That's one of the great... There is, In fact, I know of... Um, I go, go and do a Google search at the moment, because I obviously can't, and see if there are any training courses available in observation, because I don't think there actually are. Um, in fact... I don't know of any that you know, uh, civilian or military that r- ah. that run training courses in observational skills. Really, um, policemen are trained to record information accurately, although many don't, um, and they end up in trouble for doing that. Okay, um, so here we go. You just threw out the challenge. Yeah, we have a then. challenge. So, Lisa, Lisa, if you're listening to us now, please come on. Course, an authorized please. course in observation uh, skills. Yeah. Absolutely. Lisa, if you're there, can you please come on? Because uh, we have to settle this right now. Can you hear me? Lisa? Can you hear me? Yes, we can. (laughs) So uh, you heard uh, Steve babbling on about no observation anywhere in accredited courses, and yet you you said something in the chat. And what was that? Well, fine art. We're we're trained. I'm a fine artist, uh, or training to be. And uh, we're trained to look at something observe it um and then put it put it onto a piece of paper so like right now i have a life drawing and she talks explicitly about um we use our left i know i use that in the same term um we use our left hand our non-dominant hand so that way we're only observing and then making the marks we use a stick with pencils tied to it so again it's more about the observations and less about our skills um, so that way it breaks down what you already um, are trained to do and just use what your eyes are seeing. Aha! Aha! Mr. Parsons? Well, there are clearly people who need to have, uh, as, as Lisa has just pointed out, observational skills. And I don't doubt that there are... Um, you know, Lisa's just just demonstrated that indeed that you're given training, but this isn't this isn't the same as a policeman is not a. Oh, but you did you took that beyond there. You said there are no. Well, there are in, military. In actually, in, in actual said. fact, I I I can't. Lisa, let's bring that little pot back well, and play it. In actual fact, that you don't need to because I stand by what I said. Uh huh. Uh-huh. There is, you can't become qualified in observational skills. You know, medics, doctors have, and nurses too, have very strong skills in observing the patient. Uh, almost to the point where um, you can observe things that, that the, anybody who wasn't uh, in that profession would miss. That is, you know, highly skilled observational training for a specific role, as indeed is Lisa's. Um, and I've no doubt. I'm not. I'm not quibbling about that part of it. What I'm saying so, is that. So, Lisa, let me let me ask you this. You still there, Lisa? I am. No. Okay. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, because you have t- uh, studied this, do you find that in your uh, daily life that you've become more uh, attuned to your environment and surroundings? Um, I'm more attuned to the shapes and colors. Um, I will admit, I might be a little ditzy still. I, well, you're a woman, so I mean, <laughs> we're, we're, don't be so sexist. What's that? I'm not, 
I think you that was an be, observation. That is sexist. You, you, you develop skills commensurate with whatever you're using. So, for example, um, when I was working with the Coast Guard, the Coast Watch, um, you, they do send you on courses uh, in order to be able to observe what you need to observe, ships and uh, vessels and people in distress uh, against a, a background of, you know, sea and ocean and So sky. that's a course. Yes, but that's not really... It is, but it's, it's a very specialist course for a very particular uh-huh. area of, of training. Nurses are trained to look at a patient... I can look at a patient, look at a person, and from their colour, from their pallor, from their demeanour, from the, the, whole, the holistic look at the person, you can tell a great deal. But that doesn't mean that I'm any better at observing the the world around me than anybody else and actually, my actually, my argument is that a policeman is very is is trained as part of his job to record information in a precise manner pertaining to recording a crime but there are countless examples where policemen are they're just rubbish at it you know oh. the, you know it doesn't uh, necessarily uh, any of our policemen out there, please address your email yeah. to uh, Stephen Parsons. At, I don't uh, believe your observational skills are. Uh, Basically, he says you guys suck at observing. So, uh, if you're if you're a cop, you are no better at observing than any other man in the street. And there are lots of psychological papers and evaluations that demonstrate that effect. Okay, so anyways, if you are offended you're by this, uh, please, please send me uh, emails and uh, I will pass them on to Steve because I'm sure he already blocked his email already. No, nope, nope. email me, parascience at btinternet.com. There you go. Let's talk about this. All right, so moving right along. <coughs> now that you've uh, insulted half our listeners. Well, both of them. Yep, all both of them. <laughs> So, Lisa, uh, you still there? No? Okay. Good. I am here, but I'm laughing. Oh, there's no laughing. We, not, we don't allow laughing in this show. This is a serious show. We're very, very serious, aren't we, Steve? Are we? Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> okay, serious face from now on. Seriously, yes. Anyway, I mean, can we go back to stigmatics now? No, I left. we've already gone by. We're by that. All right, then. Well, you have a little line. Do you have anything you can add to the conversation on the paranormal? Have you had your own experiences? Is your art school haunted? Is the studio haunted? Is Karina possessed? (laughs) There might be a ghost in the art department. We keep talking about it. Have you got wingback chairs? No. No, we haven't either on this show, but Ghost Chronicles The Next Generation has got wingback chairs. I have a wingback chair. I, you know, it's like last year when I was over, last October, September, we found that lovely... I mean, have you done anything with that really neat telephone set? What telephone set? We were, the one we found at the... Oh, the uh, one you made me buy? No, I think I shoved it in a drawer somewhere. Well, we were going to talk to the dead, you know, phone the dead with that, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, okay. That was the plan. So, Lisa, tell us about the ghost at the college before he goes on and ranting about wingback chairs. Well, the um, the painting room has a large closet, and in the closet there's motion um, detecting light. It goes on if you walk in, and then it goes off after a certain amount of time. Ooh. Well, sometimes you'll be in there for a long amount of time painting, and that light will keep going on, and there's nobody else there. And That's it's very alarming at like 10 o'clock at night. 
Well, you're there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the other side of the room. Interesting. Uh, so yeah, know. we actually it reminds me of a case we did a few years ago where we oh, had tell a, us more, Steve. A were there motion. Wing, were there wingback chairs involved? Unfortunately, not. They seem to okay, be exclusive right to Ghost Chronicles: The Next Generation. Yeah. But okay. we had wingback chair. Uh, we had uh, motion detectors. <laughs> <laughs> doing it now. We had motion detectors that were being activated with no apparent person in the Ooh. room in empty spaces and they were triggering CCTV cameras wow. uh, which were recording nothing at all. However, what it turned out was a little really? itsy bitsy spider really? was walking in front of the sensor and was triggering and how did the... You determine it? Did you well, actually... Spider well, we had a close look at the uh, the sensor with a torch and discovered it was covered in cobwebs. So, uh, 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 so you see the little oh, itsy, itsy, itsy bitsy spider was not crawling up the drain pipe, but was so you went a little closer the... and found the spider in his wings. Actually, he was living uh, inside the motion detector. Actually, look um, at that. Yeah, a little itsy bitsy spider. Yeah, that's uh, what to call good maintenance of your equipment. And this is the guy that's supposed to say, oh, you got to get your stuff calibrated. It wasn't ours. You can't, can't even clean it. My God. It wasn't ours. Okay, whatever. It belonged in an office. So, Lisa, do you paint nudes? Just draw them in the class, not not um, anything specific. Sorry. Uh huh. Okay. No, no. I was just curious. I just curious what goes on in these. I got you said that. He didn't say to you painted the nude. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. But that's besides. I know. That's why I know exactly what you were thinking. No, no. <coughs> no I was just, just wondering. Thank God, was, there's an ad break coming up. I was just wondering why the heat the uh, heat sensor ones, and I figured if there was. Maybe painting in the nude, then some of these female artists might get no, a little, you, a little you just in your daydreams. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So anyway, it's central heating up, obviously. What's that? Life it's called life classes, Ron. Life classes. Yeah, it's called life classes, isn't life it, Lisa? Drawing. Yes. Yeah, it's called life drawing. Well, life drawing so... from life. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> I rather. I rather... I'd rather draw from death. Come on, ad break. Hurry up. Because if you draw from death, at least they stay still. I'm Hurry just up. saying. Hurry up, ad break. So that's the only story Please. you have about your haunted art room? Please, um, ad break. I, could, I can make one up if you'd like. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Holy Steve. Actually, I, actually, yeah. Uh, that see, would... actually, I, I was on a case I made one up. That would work perfectly fine because the rest of the show is made up. <laughs> really? Yeah, anyways, we must be coming up to the break, I'm sure. I hope, I hope so. Oh, no, no. We still have some more time, so we're okay. Oh, damn. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, does anybody check out that closet when the light goes on? Uh, well, um, we're usually pretty much n like nose deep in paint, um, so usually the caring is not very high, and you just giggle about and talk later. Ah, uh, mm. this is the are problem you with to... artists is we're usually distracted. Oh, are you allowed to chew gum in class? Yes. I've got to say, actually, you know, I mean, let's be, Lisa, oh. last, last week on the show, uh, she did uh, some quick sketches <laughs> of the three of us, you mean our guest. Yeah. And I've got to say, uh, they were brilliant. Oh. Um, and I would like Lisa's permission to turn that into my Facebook profile picture By at some point. By all means. And I'll take a already, picture just I did just that once you. already. Yeah. Thank well, I, I had to ask, you know, it's just polite. Oh, I don't ask permission. If it's on Facebook, it's yours. 
Y'all are always welcome. Oh, that's so sweet. So, anyways, well, this fact, is my, my wife we, actually said no, that. Uh, you like this? No, you like tunes. this, Ron? Tunes. All right, I'll tell you. They're actually break. playing. I don't care. Take a break. I don't care. Fine. All right, what you coming? Tell you after the break. Okay, there you go. So, stay tuned to Ghost Chronicles International right here on Tojinet Pararex Planet Paranormal when Steve will tell us what he was actually thinking. We'll be right back after the following messages. Monday mornings just got scarier. Tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for another episode of Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, and his inquisitive travel companion, Lou Blassie, the professor. Hey, that's me. Each week we'll delve into the realm of the supernatural where all that is is not what it appears to be with remarkable guests, spirited conversation, and the occasional voice of the deceased. We'll bring you a whole new meaning to the term dead air. Ghost Chronicles, Mondays at 11 on Eagle Radio 1110. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly gooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous. As we give awards to the Parrax family. Hi, I'm Ron Kolick from the New England Ghost Project. And I'm Gail Lacks from Winslow Studio Yoga and Healing. And we'd like to invite you to a very special event that we're running March 18th through the 20th. At the historic Daniel Inn in Brunswick, Maine. This is a weekend retreat, Gail, right? It is. It's going to be fantastic. And it's going to be all about ghost hunting. And connecting with spirit. Ooh, that sounds fun. And we're going to try new things that have never been done before. And we'll be investigating one of the most historic houses in Brunswick. And your weekend will include some great workshops and energy, all of our paranormal investigations, some wonderful food, and a group mediumship reading as well. And a red light seance too, right? Yes. And you never know who will come through in a red light seance. You never know. And uh, if people were interested in getting tickets for this, how could they do that, Gail? Oh, they can go to our website at www.winsoulstudio.com and go to our events page, and you can put your deposit down and reserve your space for this amazing retreat. 
So don't delay on this rare opportunity to spend a weekend with Gail and me as we go in search Search of of spirit. spirit. Meanwhile, back in the land of the living, while those two clowns are searching for spirit. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles, the next... Clowns? (laughs) Yeah, as in Ronald McDonald. Yeah. Yeah, well, you see, this is what happens when you don't get me a wingback chair. So where's your uh, comment, by the way, now that we, uh, you know... Set it up for the yeah. My it was referring to the the little sketches that Lisa did of the two of us and our guest last week. And my wife said that you look like Doctor Who. Hi, thank you very much. There you Which go. One? So in... Which doctor? All of them. Oh, there you go. Um, so there you go. It was a nice compliment. I guess. And a quick question from 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 you and I on Skype. Have I ever been to Maine? Where? Maine. Where'd you see that? Well, you said in the advert that you were doing this ghost hunt thing in Maine next but month. I, where did you see that comment? No, I asked you and you've ignored me. I asked you if I ever been to Maine. I know I've been to New Hampshire and Massachusetts, but I've of course you went to Maine and Rhode Island. You bought those ten thousand oh, dollar listening things. Is that where Kitty is? Kitty, yeah, Kittery, Maine. Yeah, I see. That's another state I can add to the list. Yeah. There you go. So that's Rhode Island, Massachusetts, whatever, New Hampshire. Yeah, well, it's not a travelogue show. We have important things to talk about. So I'm just ticking them off. Yep. Yeah. What about Connecticut? We've got to do that then in September. Well, I'm actually taking you there this year. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Where are we going then? Uh, we're going to the castle, Gilbert Castle. Ooh, that sounds fun. So then, so that's Connecticut done. Then year after it'll be Vermont, and then we'll go to Texas for uh, Lisa. Just invited us over there to uh, go to the art <laughs> class. I guess she wants to paint this in the nude. She can be in the nude if she wants to paint me. But <laughs> do you know, I'm still waiting for that because we should go to Tyler, Texas, and we're wait- we're still waiting on doing the Ghost Chronicle. I'm not going to Tyler, Texas. It's dry. Yeah, Ghost Chronicles International Texas Roadshow. Uh. Oh, what? it's not dry anymore. Okay, we'll I'm have to go to going Texas. to Florida. Florida's full of gators. I've been, yeah. I've been to Florida. Anyway, uh, moving and- right along. Uh, there was another thing I wanted to mention. Uh, you kind of blew over the uh, thing about the ghost hunters. Uh, so, uh, I mean, they did not have permission going into that place, right? Nope. They just well, I mean, there are a lot of old buildings and monuments here in the UK where there is there is a sort of open access policy. You know, initially when the police arrived um, to confront them for being there, they found that they were not committing any crime. You know, they were just being there is not a crime, and so the police set them on the way and um, you know were happy to let them go about the business. It was the the following morning that the criminal damage, the damage to the building, had been discovered. At which point, having taken the names and addresses, the police revisited. As good observers do. As good observers do. Um, the police revisited them and they were all prosecuted for causing damage to the building. Um, so, in, in actual fact, there are lots of you know ancient monuments, castles, churches um, that are publicly accessible 24 so, hours a day. So- so let me ask you this, then. Why are certain paranormal investigators get their panties in a bunch when they have to pay to go to a, a location? For... 
And because there are certain locations that are normally visited by television shows or gain a reputation of being a good place to go. Um, right. And they get on the circuit, don't they? I mean, you have them in, in the USA. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it, they're privately owned, right? Yeah, and they, you know, the, 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 the Hooten Mansion springs to mind. I've heard you mention many, many times. There are others. Um, they just... You know, one why, goes why there. Would anyone Everybody think they, wants they, to go there. Why would think anyone think they'd be entitled to go to a place for free? It's like you know, someone coming up to my house and say, "Oh, I want to venture get your house." Because uh, living it. Because like we went up to Hammond Castle that day, uh, not Hammond Castle, the that place up the very steep hill that you took me to. Um, there are lots of places here in the UK. I mean, we're not short of ancient monuments. Exactly. So what's so wrong with the with vast the- majority of of the ruined ones are and churches uh, are just publicly open. You know they're available. You can right. go there. You can some of them charge. Some of them ask for donations. Some of them don't charge. The vast majority there is no charge at all. But mm-hmm. we are you know we're much more blasé here in the UK about access to ancient sites than you are possibly in North America, simply because we have so many of them. You know as as one famous uh, US visitor. I think he blogged at uh, some point in 2015 that, you know, he'd been to a building where the door handles on the building were older than than the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Um, we do get a little bit blasé about that sort of thing, but that doesn't negate the fact that places like Margham and Woodchester and, you know, half a, hundred, half a dozen others in the UK and indeed in the USA um, become, like, premier Premier Division First League locations, they gain a reputation um, and they charge accordingly. Yeah. So what's wrong with that? I don't. I don't see the. the... Well, I don't. But you don't have to pay those sort of fees. In exactly. Order to, to go to old sites. Exactly. But if you want to be, you know, if you want to visit these Premier League sites, then you have to pay accordingly. Exactly. I mean, that's to me. I, I find nothing wrong with it, and you know, you if you don't want to it, it just galls me that people think they're entitled to go oh. to these sites, uh, you know, because oh, I'm a ghost hunter. Yeah, well, in actual fact, that's do you know, reading the news stories about these entitlement issues to to go ghost hunting, mm-hmm. that seems to be much more prevalent in North America than it does here in the UK. Um, we don't have this sort of because we've got so many monuments, I guess. You know, whenever I read these stories about people demanding or saying that they have a right of access, mm-hmm. that seems to be a North American issue, and in fact, it can lead. No, to some... I mean the one I saw and the one I'm talking about was a it was a UK. Yeah. Yes, I mean there are. I mean they weren't demanding access, and they weren't getting the panties in a bunch over it either. Yes, they, they were, were very much so. Only when they got only when they got caught damaging the structure, the police. Oh no, no no no! This was another thing, nothing to do with the ghost hunt. The, the ones that the, the story. Well, there are. I mean there, there are, are other people but, from the UK that feel that they they are entitled to go well, to some of these places don't. to charge I mean, money for nothing, and they complain because they uh, charge money for it. Well, let's put it this way: if nobody paid the money, they wouldn't. You know, they wouldn't charge it. They are. They would charge less. But if people are willing to pay it, then you know, I see nothing wrong with it. So, well, and, and the attitude on the, on those complaining is clearly ridiculous because if you own a if you own a property, if you you know you pay the rental on it, you pay the rates on it, you pay mortgage on it, then you're entitled to charge people a whatever you feel, whatever you think that the market exactly. will bear. Right. Um, and if people want to pay that, then then that's their issue. 
Um, and you're absolutely dead right there. You, you know, people should not complain or even state that they have any rights whatsoever to enter that property um, mm. just because their hobby is going round, you know, looking for ghosts or, you know, evidence of ghosts. That's complete right. nonsense. You know, but... But, I mean, you have the you same have, thing, too. Is, is, is Steve, like, you have a, a good reputation over there, and there are other groups that work with certain establishments, and uh, they have a good report, and if you want to investigate those reports, those establishments you have to go through them and uh you know and other groups you know get upset about that but uh, you know unfortunately once again if if the establishment has a rapport with a particular ghost hunting group and, and they're comfortable with dealing with them and you know that's that's the way life is you know get over it. it's not you're not entitled just because you're a freaking ghost hunter and a lot of people think that they do you know who i am yeah okay well yeah, anyway. we, unfortunately, that's that's endemic in, in not just ghost hunting, but people do get the they 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 have an overblown self uh, sense of self importance, don't they? Um, mm-hmm. You know what they do. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we've said it before. Ghost hunting it is a really really peripheral little hobby that you know in the grand scheme of things is not going to change the world it's not going to what we do you know is not i mean it doesn't even come close in terms of the numbers doing it to likes of fishing or mm-hmm. or football or golf or you know there's a few of us and we you know, some of us take it seriously and some some people get very passionate and defensive about their hobbies and they I mean that's part of human nature, but you know, at the end of the day, we're not we're not going to change the world, are we? We're not going to we're not going to set the universe alight with that's our discoveries. That's the sad part about it. We probably won't. We won't. I mean, we just won't. Uh, it's not a sad part. It's it's the reality of the situation. We're not going to set the world alight. You know, we're not going to change religion or society because, and we're not going to discover the answers to the afterlife question. Um, you know, accept those as realities and move on from that. Enjoy the hobby. It's like there are a very small number of people within the world who climb mountains because there are mountains to be climbed. Mm-hmm. In the grand scheme of things, they're not going to change the you know change the, the planet for everybody else. What they do is what they do. What we do is what we do. We think it's important to us, but it's not important to anybody else. I mean, it's not going to feed. Feed the populations of starving countries. It's yeah, but they think they're peace. solving the problem of the effort. They, yeah, but they, you know, they, 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 they get a, they get a picture of some. Well, they can. They can light anomaly they, on it, or, or a, well, they, a, uh, they, they get like, a crackly little voice on the recorder, and uh, there you go. Well, they can think what they like, but the reality of it is that people have been looking for evidence of an afterlife for hundreds of years, thousands of years. Um, you know, it, it, ghost hunting is not a new pursuit, um, and the evidence isn't hasn't been captured. Maybe it never will, but that doesn't mean to say that we shouldn't look. You know, this idea of just because you can't find it means you should give up altogether. Um, it's you like know, the Northwest the, Passage. There is there is the idea of hope, the possibility that, but the reality. You know, you look back through through over the, the centuries. The reality is that you are very unlikely to change the world or to produce evidence 
stunning proof of the existence of ghosts because you've got a crap EVP recording made with a dodgy MP3 recorder as you wandered aimlessly around a haunted building going, is there anybody there? It ain't going to happen. And the sooner people wise up to that fact and just enjoy what they're doing um, and what they're really doing and what you and I are doing and what everybody else is doing is answering that question Mm -hmm. for ourselves. I am interested in trying to understand about people's paranormal experiences. I know you are too. So I'm really in it for me. I'm in it to answer the questions I've set myself. I'm trying to... Yeah, I'm not. I've got. You know, we've heard from guests in the past um, who say that they they they're in it to help homeowners whose lives have been turned upside down by paranormal experiences. <laughs> that they sound you know entirely altruistic and community orientated. What a load of rubbish that is. I mean, you know, that's putting a gloss on something that you know. In reality, you're in it for yourself. You know, I don't have an altruistic bone in my body. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it's a side effect when people get helped by something I can explain or offer to them uh, mm-hmm. by way of explanation. But that's not why I'm turned up. I turned up because I'm curious as to what went ha- what's happening, and I want to try and answer the questions uh, that I have posed for myself. Mm, so, very good point. Very good question. Know, uh, now, the the interesting thing too is 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 the mediums, the spiritualists, those are the ones that are perhaps the more uh, noble than than uh, the, the ghost hunters, the paranormal investigators. They, they're doing their thing strictly for doing their thing. Uh, you know, well, let's not get into, uh, you know, psychics and being paid and all that stuff. But as far as the, like, well, the should spiritualists. They get paid? Yeah, some of them do. A lot better than we do, that's for sure. <laughs> well, that's true, but why shouldn't they? I mean, there is, there's, you see this thing about sceptics, and they're always whinging on about they, they're exploiting the bereaved and they're taking money under false pretenses, but they're not. So what because... are you doing when you're paranormal investigating and tell people that their house is haunted by demons or their aunt Moshe is walking around? I mean, isn't that the same thing? Well, you oh, know, we don't most, take money though. But we don't. You know, but but the, but click the PayPal donation button on our website. Yeah, please do. You know the the thing is, people whinge and complain about mediums and psychics and say they're all fraudulent. They're taking money off the gullible and off the on on off the bereaved. But people, you know. Uh, they're adults, aren't they? And if you want to spend your dollars, if you want to spend your pounds. Making Lego, if you want to spend it going to see a fortune teller, if you want to buy lottery tickets, if you want to try and talk to your loved ones who've passed over, then that's your choice. And if you want to believe the information, if you want to choose, you know, you're an adult, you're a free-thinking individual, and we live in a society that there are so many rules that govern us already. Do we really need any more? Yeah. You know, there there are con men and fraudsters who do need to be dealt with using the law, but can you really you know, should you really ask that the law be used to stop people making that free choice? I know of many, many people who go to see psychics and get a great deal of comfort and enjoyment, and, enjoyment and, 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 and a degree of relief. You know, they are suffering from a bereavement and it gives them a degree of 
um, comfort to know that their loved one, you know, we can analyze the messages and we can say that they're cold reading and we can say that, you know, well, yeah, you, but you just told the psychic that 10 minutes ago and, you know, you're clearly playing a game and you, you know, you're in it for the money, but so what? So what is that any different than, than taking people around a haunted building and pretending that you're taking them ghost hunting, pretending that you're investigating the paranormal by letting them rock a table or, or talk to an EVP around with a ghost meter. or whatever else that people are doing. You're giving people what they want. and People have made the decision to turn up. People have made a, you know, an informed choice that that's how they want to spend their time and that's how they want to spend their dollars mm-hmm. and you know is that wrong i don't think it is mm-hmm. i don't think it is at all i do have issues you know i have issues when people pretend and sell something that isn't the case so people you know pretend and sell something as a genuine scientific investigation or a you series know, that's that's an interesting point steve because we get a lot of people especially on the the ghost hunting side that will bitch about mediums and psychics. Uh, so they take your money and blah, 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 and the false pretenses, they're really not doing what they're doing, right? And yet, on our side, we have people who devise these mechanical devices with very poor science in them and uh, sell them for things that we absolutely have no proof that they can do. <laughs> but well, there, are two, there are two things to consider. One, People have the choice to buy them, but they're exactly. guided. But, but that's they the are same as the psychic and the medium end, right? But they are guided in both cases by psychics and by the the the, uh, the advertiser of the device. They are making claims. Now there are certain instances where the claims can be demonstrated to be fraudulent. You know, they are saying that you can talk to the dead using this device, that you can detect ghosts with this device. Now they are clearly claims. That They're are, clearly in violation. They are. They are. Yeah. They are certainly in violation and should not be permitted. And that's where you can pick them up. And that's where the law could be applied usefully to allow people to make a more informed decision about what they're doing. Right. The trouble is, most investigators, you know, they get one. Um, I've spoken to investigators who've bought equipment and they're measuring stuff. And when you say, well, what is it you're measuring? We don't. And the answer is we don't know because, but we do it because everybody else is. Mm-hmm. You know, there is this idea that, well, you know, they did it on, Zach did it mm-hmm. or Yvette did it. Therefore, it must be the right and proper way to do it. And, and that's your, your and my pet peeve is that you buy these pieces of equipment and we both do. We buy all kinds of junk, don't we? And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, and but when you get the the instructions with it, it's this two by four Xerox copy with absolutely no information at all of what you're measuring or how the the device works or, or what the parameters are or what the tolerances are. Nothing. Oh, and I I put a whole chapter in ghostology on that, uh, looking at these full spectrum cameras, for example, making some some clearly ridiculous claims, and you know they they're buying a fifty dollar pocket, you know, with these really cheap camcorders. Um, basically, it's a mobile phone camera stuck in a camcorder, like lookalike buddy. Um, they're butchering it so that it can appear to do things it can't they're making extraordinary ridiculous claims but there are no specifications if you ask them how did you modify it they won't tell you 
Mm-hmm. Um, their websites, when you visit them, are just, ours is better than competitors because our expert has modified it better than they have. And when you look in detail, you find it's the same. They're all buying it from the same wholesaler, the same little guy working out, the, out of his back shed, uh, back, back uh, garage, uh, who's who's knocking these things out? He's taking a fifty dollar device and turning it into into a two hundred dollar device, and it's the same with the K two. The K two was one of the classic examples of that when it was made by Safe Range, in order to be able to uh, tell you whether your cell phone connections or your microwave oven was emitting too much, leaking too much um, microwave energy. Right. right. You know, uh, Ghost Augustine. Uh, stuck a, a different label on the front of it and got it on a couple of TV shows. A bit of product placement never hurts anybody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a $25 meter becomes a $75 meter and a cult gains a cult following. The cult following is because everybody else has got one. Your heroes on the television shows have got one. The group down the road have got one. And if you've got to have any credibility because they've got one, you've got to have one. It's keep up with the Joneses, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting. Is uh, I, I know you, when you purchase a piece of equipment, you 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 kind of dissect it, don't you? Well, I you said before we both buy pieces of equipment, and yes, I I bought an extraordinary amount of equipment because in order to be able to criticize it, um, I'm you have to be able to understand it. You have to be able to take it apart, well, at least attempt to <laughs> tear, tear it down and find out how. You know, is it doing what what people think it can do? How has it been adapted or modified or or changed in order to be, for it to be able to do the? How can you take something as simple as a microwave oven uh, leakage detector and turn it into a ghost detector? What is what what did Ghost Augustine do that was different than than you know than Safe Range who built and designed the device? So you take it apart. You revert. You you're not reverse engineering it. You're just looking at what they've done. And oh, so, you know what? We're almost out of time, but uh, somebody, yeah. she's she's uh, ceiling cat from uh, uh, Pararex uh, brought up about the satanic goat. Can we bring that up? Because you mentioned that to me before. I did, yeah. Here in the UK, we have the cage, which was featured heavily on last week's show because uh, our guest last week was one of the people who've uh, been been examining it in some detail. But this week, extraordinary synchronicity came up in the in the right across the UK media. The lady, the owner of the property, Vanessa, uh, claims to have captured some pictures of a satanic goat. Ooh. Yeah, so this is so ghost hunting has now become goat hunting. It seems um, that's a famous. Are, uh... Yeah, there are so many. There are so many uh, stories. Uh, or, or, you know, you can get the full version of this on Google and on the, on the internet. So I don't think we need to cover it in any detail, except that, you know, inevitably we were going to become goat hunters. It was just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, did you did you actually read this uh, article? I have read the article, yes. Um, yeah, and, and, what, I, 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 is it she caught a picture of it? Is that what she, it is? She's caught, yeah, there's, there's pictures available on Google. Unfortunately, I don't have access to the internet this evening uh, to, to put the links up, but there are pictures. Just Google the satanic goat of the cage at St. Ossif, um, which is in Essex, England, and you'll see the pictures for yourselves. I mean, how. I can't see a goat, but then, you know, I can't usually see what's inside the red circle anyway. Um, but it, 
she's also uh, it, further down in the article has said that um, that property which has been on the market for some years now, uh, which is still resolutely f- uh, not selling, would be perfect for someone who is in the paranormal industry. I think that kind of speaks volumes for for her mindset and the idea that you know why. So this pick- this satanic goat might actually help her sell her house. It could be, or you know, if you were a bit cynical, you could say it was a publicity stunt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, is uh, the the uh, doorbell, which means pizza from the dead, is here, or is it the satanic goat? <laughs> yeah, was- as Nate as Nate just said. Yeah, it's, it's been a bad show. <laughs> anyway. Uh, That's because we haven't got wing back chairs. Actually, I mean, uh, Lisa said she drew pictures of it. I went on my Facebook page. I couldn't find them. So else she's hoarding the pictures of the wing back chairs. So I don't know. Oh, it's on your Facebook page. You only well, text Steve. I, we, so so evidently, uh, unfortunately, I, least tonight because of beat uh, because of the British UK evidently blacklisted. Yeah, so. UK internet outage. I can't see it till till they fix it. So mm. we're using we're using uh, alien technology to maintain the Skype link tonight. Yeah, I know it's working pretty good. I mean, it's, you've got that little wire between the goat signs. Yeah, that's the one. Small voltage to it. It's all down. Actually, it's all down to Nikola Tesla. Mm. We have to do a show on Nikola Tesla. He had some spooky paranormal experiences. Did you hear that? Yeah. You know what that is? Every time you you post a little emoticon on Skype. No, 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 no. This was different. I actually what, heard thing? that the, the electricity going. No, it was. Zzz. Oh. oh yeah. Oh, I thought you meant that. We should do a show on Tesla. See. She heard it, too. We should do a show on Tesla. I'm telling you, Tesla's listen, and this is a sign for us to do a show on Tesla. Right. Will you stop emoticoning on Skype? Because my Apple Watch is going mad. I'm not doing emoticoning. <laughs> Every time you post to me on Skype, my, my Apple Watch bings at me. It's driving me up the bloody wall. It's stop not it. us. It's not us. Uh, Nicola, stop it. I've told you before. I'm telling you, it's Tesla. This is a sign for us to do a show on it. Anyways, here's the tune, so we got to go. So, te- Tesla. Um, uh, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll do, do our- Nikola Tesla in a few weeks' time. Tune in for that Maybe edition. Maybe we get a medium and kind of talk to him on the show. Uh, What's well, Andrew doing? We can contact Andrew Taylor, and uh, uh, he's my buddy now, so uh, I'm sure I can get him. I'm sure you could. <laughs> All right, so we... <laughs> I stole your buddy. He'd bring me, he'd bring me a wing back chair. I bet you would. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to go. So anyways, we covered a lot of, you know, some stuff we just had to get off our chest. And, yeah, uh, we did. like the lack of wing back chairs on Lack of wing back chairs, right. And, uh, you know, satanic goats. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, goodbye. God bless. Good night. God bless. From ghoulies to ghosties. Long-leggedy beasties and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law.